First and goal, handoff here for the touchdown to Tommy Tremble. The rookie from Notre Dame. And the third round pick able to carry it in. And Matt Rule gave us a little heads up. You're listening to BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back. BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Joe, Joe, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth on a football Friday. And we're about to bring in our guest, Jill Gallant, sports betting analyst with FTM Bets, host of Touchdown Town and Dog Day Afternoon with Bets Media. And uh, Jill is always big on the touchdown props. Jill, let's just start with last night. Tommy Tremble, we played it in. Sam Darnold had two. I saw a tweet you had um, earlier, maybe last night or this morning. But, you know, when you can hit some of those touchdown props, it, it probably doesn't make sense to take the favorites. Like Christian McCaffrey, it was minus money, right? But if you could, like, find that angle, and Sam Darnold, very profitable last night with two. Tommy Tremble, that's fun because, like, no one's expecting it. But, man, if you hit those, very profitable on those touchdown props. Absolutely. And I think one thing that I've tried to educate a lot of my followers with over the last few years is that you can have more profits or at least a higher ceiling of profits by taking guys that are beyond the plus 200 range instead of taking guys that are either the odds on favorites or right up to uh, plus 200. Uh, Because even last uh, like last night, so we had Tommy Tremble score at plus 1100, Sam Darnold at plus 450 and Anthony Miller at plus 400. Think about how many people probably lost their shirt trying to bet on Christian McCaffrey on props and trying to score a touchdown. Same thing with uh, DJ Moore or myself, like Robbie Anderson, or even like a Brandon Cooks. And that's what's so difficult, but also so fun about the props is that a lot of the time, the the mind of thinking that if you come in thinking that you're just going to try to play like fantasy football and take the top guys, you will not end up being profitable. Your margin for error is just so small when you bet guys under plus 200. Like, so I've posted 36 total touchdown picks so far for the season. I, and I, to be fair, I went 0-6 in the last two primetime prime games. I've hit 12 wins, 24 losses, uh, but I'm up four and a half to seven, uh, five units of profit. And, you know, the game script didn't go as anticipated, but of those 36 picks, only five of them were less than plus 200. So if you had done... 12 and 24, but you were taking like the plus 150s, you would be minus, uh, you would be uh, having a losing profit so far through this stretch. Uh, another day on BetQL Daily and another day with a Canadian guest with Jill here. And we've got Aaron. <laughs> we're taking uh, we over. J- Joe Osborne, a regular. We had Jeff Feinberg talking about the Ryder Cup earlier this week. Ian uh, McMillan's been on the show a bunch of times. A- am I going to get mean tweets if I make the factual statement that, oh, Canada? Is the better national anthem? Well, not from, <laughs> not from Canadians. Not from Canadians. I know <laughs> that for sure. It's true, right? I mean, I love hearing it when we play the Blue Jays. I will say this one thing, though, that um, maybe just because I used to watch like American Idol like back in the day, the American <laughs> anthem lends itself so much to riffing and to, you know, really going for those to the moon notes. Like, true. you know what I mean? Whereas, oh, Canada is very strict and very formatted. You can't really deviate too much. Uh, so I, I will give uh, compliments on the American anthem of saying that you just have a lot more fun to be able to play with it, whereas Canada's anthem is very strict into the book. Yeah. Jill, have you ever said um, a word like that Canadians know that maybe Americans have never heard of? Like for me, I remember the first time I told someone to put something in the garburator and everyone <laughs> was on the floor laughing. What the heck is a garburator? Well, you know what it is, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, uh, I I find as well, like, for example, um, 
poutine, for example, uh, is and even Canadians in general. I guess, What's a carburetor? <laughs> garbage disposal. We don't yeah. call it garbage disposal. I didn't realize I had to clarify that first before moving on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so are we, are, like, okay, are we saying it wrong in America? Is it like do we just Americanize it, or is it just a unique word to Canada? Uh, it's Why definitely do we unique it to it Canada, and, and maybe even some maybe some northern states as well. It says garbage disposal on that little like chrome yeah. whatever thing. Yeah. It doesn't say garburetor, and I'm wondering what is the origin of that. But I like the word garburetor better. It's like it grinds up food. It just mm -hmm. sounds like it is a garburetor. Yeah, and I have no problem adopting that word, and I hope that it uh, it catches on. Erin's uh, coming up with her list of things that why the U.S. sucks. A tube, to Canada. I think a tube garburetor's be, better. Most people know about tubes, though, right? Or do you guys know what a toque is? A toque? A oh, yeah. God, dumper. I don't know. I don't know. What dumper? What'd she say? <laughs> what is it? A toque is just basically like the wool hat like that you would wear like with the palm on the top. Like kind of thing. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their faces. Oh, I man. I'm going to start calling these things in my house or my hats in the winter. Like these words. And my family's not going to know what the heck I'm talking about. Can I have my toque, please? Put it in the garburetor. <laughs> now you know how Canadians feel walking around in America. All right, let, let's get to some of these prop bets because that is what Gilles specializes in. Touchdown scores. Uh, have they popped at various sports books? And which players will you be targeting in week three? Yeah, and they've started to come out game by game. I think some of these games right now because of injuries and uh, and just uh, depth charts, they're not really certain. So certain games are off the board. But there are two players that I've already eyed uh, that have odds out right now. Uh, and first one would be James White with the Patriots at plus 240. I think he has shown both in two weeks so far uh, with the amount of receptions and how involved he is in the passing game. And uh, the way that Christian McCaffrey, for example, looked, not saying that James White is Christian McCaffrey, but just the game script of how he was utilized against the Saints in the previous week. Uh, I think that the Patriots can take advantage of that. So at plus 240, James White, that is somebody that I cashed on in week two. That's somebody that I'm looking at again in week three. This one is a little bit more off the board. But the more that I keep digging into it, I love it. Justin Herbert to score a touchdown against the Chiefs. He's at mm. plus 375. He scored five rushing touchdowns last year. Two of them were against the Chiefs. And then you look at the Chiefs' defense in the first two weeks, they were just getting gouged on the ground. Nine rushing touchdowns allowed. Uh, Lamar obviously ran for two touchdowns. Not going to put Herbert and Lamar in the same category of athleticism. But again, I just love the odds, especially with the way that Austin Eckler has looked through the first two weeks just not looking as sharp. And I think with the stakes of this game, I think Herbert is end up going to have to tuck and run if they get within the five-yard line. Like it. Jill, uh, it's been a, a great start for underdogs to, so far to start this season. How are you kind of balancing that, the reaction, the overreaction? We look at numbers, lines, pr you know, props, you know, all this stuff. Like, we all you kind of factor it in as we head to week three here. Week one, right, like, yeah, we know it's overreaction. But then week two, it happens again. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, we believe that, we didn't believe that. How are you balancing it all? And, and what point of the season do you kind of feel like you know what we're watching? Because all of us were like, oh, I think I know heading into week three, but we're not quite sure yet. I think it's going to be happening this week, if not by week four, because we've already seen the regression. If you just look at the ATS records week to week, you know, you had 12 and four in week one, nine and seven in week two. Uh, first uh, game of the week for week three, favorite covers. So 21 and 12 overall, but this is a lot similar to what we saw in baseball and the NBA and March Madness uh, at, at the start of the seasons where money line underdogs and ATS underdogs were just 
killing it for the first like six weeks. And then odds makers started to adjust and you just slowly saw a favorite takeover. Uh, like even right now, if you just bet every under money line underdog in the NFL, uh, you'd be 14 and 19, you'd be up almost nine units of profit through two weeks if you just blindly bet money line underdogs. But what we've seen both in baseball and in the NBA, because I did this for the first four to six weeks of the season where I'd make like 30 units here and 20 units there, just blindly betting every money line underdog, is that the favorites always come home to roost and the odds makers always overcorrect and make sure that that comes back true. And I think with the NFL, especially with how sharp these lines are because of the discrepancy of how much time in between games, you're going to start to see a big favorite takeover. And I think probably by week four is when it's going to happen. You also, as a bookmaker, they, they always want to win. I mean, they're human, right? We, we want to win. We want to root for the side that we need. But it also gets to a point with legalization with, with so many new bettors. You don't want to empty them out either. You want to keep customers. So believe me, the books are going to want a favorite week one of these times. And, I, and I'm sure on Sundays they're rooting a, against the public, but they're going to want the favorites to come in at some point. Um, it looks like there's only one public dog this week, uh, Sunday Night Football. <laughs> what do you know? That possibly can't go wrong. There's no way. Uh, I, I'm not sure if that's going to be a play. Uh, but if we give you the board, where are you going? If, uh, if you pick any side or total, uh, where are you going for week three? Yeah, the, the, the two games that I already have circled uh, that I'm already betting, uh, not I mean, I guess it's a public play depending on how you look at it. Uh, I love the Rams to win at home against the Bucs. Uh, I think uh, you're going to give me the Rams as a money line home underdog. It doesn't matter what team you bring in. It could be the Chiefs. doesn't matter. I'm going to take that play every time. And then uh, I'm betraying my Cowboys loyalty here. I am taking the Eagles money line in this spot because I think oh, that week two game and overreaction spot, I think San Francisco's defense, I overreacted thinking that San Francisco's defense might not have been as strong as I thought. And then we saw in that game, I really felt like the Eagles should have won that game. And the San Francisco's defenses, or pardon me, Dallas's defense is never, it's not close to the level of San Francisco. So I think that what we're going to see is a much tighter game. And I think, uh, the spread indicates that, and I think as well Jalen Hurts is going to be able to pass on this uh, defense because you've seen through two weeks uh, quarterbacks passing for almost 350 yards or more on this Cowboys defense. So I do think the Eagles are a great home, uh, road dog in this spot. Jill, um, I haven't made my final prediction or thought on that game yet, but I, I do think it's going to be close. Uh, you know, The one thing about it, and I, I look at this, and, and you've watched Micah Parsons the first couple of weeks. We've all yes, watched it. The one thing I think is interesting is you look at the the Cowboys are pretty light up front. And I mean, like, physically light. Like, they're a small, quick defense. The Eagles are gigantic up front. I just – I wonder how that plays, right? The speed thing versus the Eagles' power. Because I imagine the Eagles are going to try to run the football on Dallas and try to kind of take advantage of the size. And I, I think it's a big Hurts game as well. It just feels like it's a good matchup for the Eagles there on – you know, when they have the ball. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think the one thing that I've noticed too, especially with uh... – with uh, Dallas's defense and even the Eagles defense like Dallas is doing pretty well against the run but passing they just can't stop anybody and then it's the inverse for the Eagles uh, run game they've actually been gouged through two weeks even though Atlanta will, will put them off to the side but passing defense they pretty much shut down Matt Ryan and Jimmy Garoppolo to the point where they, they both I think had like 170 180 yards passing through two games uh, so again I just think from a matchup standpoint uh, especially being a divisional game. And I think Hurts, uh, I just think there's not maybe not enough game footage on him to make an accurate decision of whether or not he's going to be a long-term successful quarterback. But I think in this style of matchup, 
another guy that I'm going to be actually aiming for once the touchdown props come out for that, Dallas Goddard to score a touchdown in that game. He has three touchdowns in five career games against Dallas. MVP. There have been, uh, there's been some movement at the top. I, I'd say the big story is uh, Kyler's odds. He's right there with, uh, with Brady and Mahomes at some books. And then there are other names that have really dropped off Wentz. He wasn't going to win the MVP anyways. Burrow went from 50 to 100 to 1 at a lot of spots after his game in week number two. Any value? Anybody that uh, you have circled here? Yeah, I mean, out of those three, I'd probably go with Brady. I just think from an offensive standpoint, I think he has the highest upside just from a passing standpoint. I'm not sure if just Kyler runs so much that I'm just worried. Again, we might see what happened with last year when he got that shoulder injury and just his stats and performance just went off a cliff. The two long shots that I was looking at before I came on air today, and again, you can laugh me out the room if you want, Sam Darnold is sitting there at plus 10,000. And again, just 3-0 and Panthers right now at BetMGM, plus 10,000. You look at some of the games that they have to play in the schedule, really, it's not until like the final four to six weeks of the season that the Panthers' schedule gets really hard. But they've got some cupcake matchups where he could just be tossing the ball. And the fact that if they continue to win without McCaffrey, that to me lends it more to the narrative that Darnold could win it. And then maybe going a little bit less, Again, looking at another 2-0 team, not really 100% certain if they're a fraud or not. Uh, Derek Carr at plus 2,000. Here's, here's the hard part uh, with this conversation. And I'm all for long shots. Like We talk about MLB awards all the time. And you know this year is showing that you can find some deep long shots with, those, uh, with such a long season. Is when Brady and or Mahomes set these all-time records with the 17 games, it's going to be hard to shut that narrative down. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why I'm not condoning anybody to bet yeah. on running backs at all uh, for this award, because it's such a quarterback award. Like the last time a running back won, it was 2012 with Adrian Peterson, and he rushed for over 2,000 yards. Derrick Henry rushes for over 2,000 yards. He wasn't even a top three finalist last year. <laughs> like So uh, it's clearly going to be a quarterback this year. It's more, I think, of who probably has the best record. Uh, I'm not sure if I could trust Arizona to get to the best record being in that division. Uh, same thing maybe with the Raiders. And I just think with Carolina of where they're at, I think there's not a lot of other competition in the NFC or in the NFC South. Uh, and if maybe in the final two games that when they play the Bucks in uh, week 17 or yeah, the final two, two of the last three games that they play is against the Bucks. If he shows out and the, the Panthers are either in the division lead or, you know, are close to the top of the NFC standings, it's going to be hard to ignore him in this spot. I saw a stat the other day that, uh, or just uh, today, that the last two times that the Panthers finished 3-0, they went to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, take that for what it is. Yeah, you know what? They're off to a great start. Donald is uh, is doing a great job. All right, Jill, before we let you go, tell us about your new show and when we can watch it and, and what's going on uh, with, with you and what you're doing now. Sure. So two new shows at Betts Media. Sunday, we do Touchdown Town. That's at 11 Eastern till 1130 Eastern. I give my favorite touchdown score picks for the 1 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Eastern games. Uh, right now, I'm 6-4 and four through two weeks, so feeling pretty good. And then, of course, Dog Day Afternoon, which happens every Tuesday. We basically break down the NFL futures, uh, maybe have a little, give a little bit of unsolicited life advice, betting advice, you know, all those kinds of things. Try not to take it too seriously because I find uh, – uh, the gambling space and the betting space, sometimes maybe we uh, we forget that it's supposed to be fun, that we're getting paid to do such an awesome job. And I want people to just maybe not take things so seriously, just have a good time. Love it. Jill, we always appreciate hopping on. Good luck to your Blue Jays. We'll talk soon. On the other side, we'll continue to run through NFL games for week three on Beck UL Daily. 
presented by FanDuel Sportsbook.